Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, that's probably an ad. This is the Adweek Podcast where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the international editor for Adweek, and we've got a fun one today, super fun episode. And to kick it off, uh, we've got several of our colleagues, and we're going to be playing a game. Uh, because today's topic is sonic branding, sonic logos, and we're, we've got an amazing conversation with Dallas Taylor, the host of the 20,000 Hertz podcast, uh, one of my favorite podcasts. We'll be getting to him in just a minute. But first, let me introduce our our, our panel for the little game show we've invented uh, here at the front end to kind of set our our minds on the sonic branding front. First, we've got Jess Ferris. Uh, Jess, I'm sorry. I, I always think of you as just the, the queen of all social media for Adweek, but remind me your official title. I am the audience engagement editor, and I am so excited to be here. Yes, it's going to be a blast. Uh, Jess is also, a, of course, Adweek's resident and the Internet's resident word origin uh, guru. And remind us the name of your book. I always like plugging your book. It is Once Upon a Word. Yes, Once Upon a Word, wonderful book resource for kids, for adults, for everybody. So take it up. Uh, Brianna Malmachi is senior video producer at Adweek. It is so great to ha- finally have you on the show and not just behind the scenes making all the cool stuff we do. I'm here just to play a game. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> like, just going to be like, just tell me the second we're done and I'm, I'm out of here forever. Uh, and also welcoming back frequent podcast guest Terry Stanley, a senior editor at Adweek who covers everything cool uh let's see these days we've got you <laughs> covering cannabis plant-based uh foods uh spirits brands uh it, all, all all beverages i don't know man terry we've got you on everything welcome back so happy to be here cannot wait to play this game all right on that note let's get to it uh here's how it's going to work nick gardner our producer for the podcast is going to play an audio logo and then uh, we're going to go from easy to hard hopefully some of these ones on the front end uh, I'm guessing you will all recognize, um, but it will remind us we're looking at sonic logos. These are the things they usually pop up at the end of an ad, or but it you know they come up wherever, uh, and some are more famous than others. So here's what we're going to do: everybody unmute your mics because this is going to move quickly uh, after uh, Nick plays the sound. Just uh, see how quickly one or all of you can name it. Nick, give us the first one. McDonald's. 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 <laughs> All right. All right. That's kind of the, the modern gold standard. I'm loving it from McDonald's. Uh, we are, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking to Dallas Taylor from 20,000 Hertz. Uh, they did an entire episode about it. Strongly recommended is recommended listening uh, because that episode will give you the deep dive into the bizarrely complicated backstory of that jingle uh, and just how huge stakes it was. But it really did bring together the global uh, marketing of McDonald's, which had always been kind of scattershot. And there really was nothing consistent except the golden arches. Uh, All right. So we're all primed. We're warm. Uh, Nick, give us the next one. 
Netflix. 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 Has anyone made it through the last year without hearing that 17 times a night? Uh, so yes, the Netflix, but also has its own episode on 20,000 Hertz, uh, where they, I think they were the first to hear uh, the backstory of how that was made and how it was originally, or at one point was going to feature a goat. It was supposed to like, get to the end and then like, like that almost made the cut, but it didn't quite. I, I Part of me misses the goat that we never knew. Um wow. And yes, uh, uh, Brianna mentions in the in the chat here as we talk that uh, it's also kind of Law and Ordery, which spoiler alert, Law and Order's not in here, but like the the two great badums. And there's some weird stat, right? That like the Law and Order badum is like 17 sounds mashed together. It's like jail doors clanging. It's a gavel. It's like all this other stuff. I that's it. That's another good one. Nick, let's uh, let's slowly step up the difficulty here. HBO, HBO. Ooh. Terry, strong out <laughs> yeah, of the gate. It. HBO turning static into noise. I still think that that closing part, the whoa, I think is why Netflix really felt they had to have that. Like people think about the badum, but it's the the like that kind of calming noise or whatever after the Netflix. And I totally think they got it from HBO. Uh, Nick, play the next one. State Farm. State Farm. State Farm. Yes, three-way tie. Nice. State Farm. Uh, I would say this one straddles the line between jingle and uh, audio logo, but they've, I think what they took what used to be a jingle and have really, in the same way that, uh, I won't name any other brands actually because they might pop up, but several other brands have done that in recent years as well. Nick, what's next? T-Mobile? Was that Jess? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Excellent. I thought with these like telecom ones, it always, I know they are telecom noises. I don't right. know is that I know which one they are. So very good. Very good. Uh, Nick, play the next one. Alt Spice. Terry, Terry with the strong answer. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Old Spice, this is an enduring sound from at least the 80s, right, Terry? You and I are of a certain age. We we remember Old Spice in its original iteration. The uh, they White and Kennedy, when they brought back uh, or when they helped resurge Old Spice as more of a deodorant, body spray, whatever uh, brand back in the 2010 era, uh, really did a great job of bringing that sound back from the vault and making it uh, into what I would say is kind of an audio audio logo. Nick, what's next? Intel. Intel. Uh, the the I would say this is like one of those early, like early Sonic logos, right? Like kind of set the bar for what a, what a Sonic logo is. Like you know it, and they had to do this because no one knew what the hell Intel was. You don't see it. You don't see a processor. You don't see a chip. But they wanted to like play up the fact that this one component hidden in your in your hardware is important, and uh, they did it. I mean, I don't know anything about AMD or whoever else makes those things. So, Nick, uh, well, hold on. First, I'm just going to get a status check. How's there, uh, Brianna? Are these like pretty easy so far? They are. I'm not getting as many as I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> just because Terry's very fast. Terry, you think they wouldn't be that hard, and like you recognize all of them, but you're like, I know what kind of sector this is from, but I can't cough it up. Well, in a quiz, too, it's always like your brain has to get in the right space that comes out of nowhere and hits you with the old spice. Uh, all right, Nick, hit us the next one. Oh, Duracell? Very good, Brown. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. Yeah, that I would put that right up there with honestly predating Intel in terms of like it's just a good old and it's in the way that the uh spoiler alert the NBC logo is not in here but you know the dong 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 like like those kind of three chime uh logos were were really the early standard and Duracell is is one of the enduring ones and it's like the one real leg up they have over Energizer I would say. Uh all right Nick who's next? That's a telecom one. AT&T, maybe? Any other any other guesses? Is it Nokia? <laughs> no. I think it it's is AT&T. AT&T. I was yeah. just curious if... Oh. <laughs> I was just curious if anyone else would recognize it because I, I, I've been an AT&T customer for like 20 years and I had no idea until we did this that that was their audio logo. I was not at all confident in that. <laughs> all right. Um... I think th- I think from here on out, if, er- if everybody's like stretched and ready and flexible now, because here here comes the good ones. Uh, well, by which I mean <laughs> the ones you probably don't know. All right, Nick, play the next one. Heard it. No idea. Uh, did anyone guess? Uh, I believe that. <laughs> and also <laughs> to check, I'm saying checking the master list. That is LG. Uh, do do, yeah. do you all remember what it was an all staff call right where someone's uh lg dryer started making the little song oh. <laughs> and they're so cute though anyone who has an lg appliance knows that song and i would say that is a far more recognized thing than the actual lg sonic logo is just the do 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 like if you own an appliance <laughs> like that and you don't sing along you are dead inside <laughs> Um, okay, Nick, these last, the, we've got two more, two more. Let's see if anyone, I'm going to buy someone, I'm going to Venmo someone some money here. Uh, if they can, if they can get either of these, hit hit us with the next one. I'm at a loss. Millions of dollars have been spent on this one. Many millions. <laughs> Any guesses? Just blind guess. This is one that's being implemented uh, in ads, but also at point of purchase at places where you would spend money. American Express? A credit oh, card? Good guess. It is a credit card. Visa. I'm just going to name all the credit cards. Yeah. yeah. MasterCard. <laughs> MasterCard. Yeah, I go. got there. Um, <laughs> MasterCard has, has launched a very ambitious uh, Sonic branding. In their defense, I think they're still kind of early in that process, but their whole thing is like you put your credit card into things, you pay for stuff using all these different tools. They wanted some way outside of advertising for you to know like, oh, that was a MasterCard experience, you know? And so I would say that they're still in the front end, but man, look on Google. They've got like 17 different videos about their Sonic branding strategy. I think we've written about it. It's it's intense, um, but I would say that they have not reached critical mass. This this is my favorite one, and if anyone can get this, I'll say it right now. I'll Venmo you twenty five bucks if you get this one, Nick. Let's see what we got. Hmm, that one sounded a little bit older. It, that's a computer, right? That's like a Windows something. No, El Atlantic. No, not a computer. It is. Uh, think transportation. Acela. It is a car brand. It's a <laughs> the Acela. It's letting you know that the train's <laughs> leaving. 
it is a car brand that, again, spent quite a lot of money. Uh, they're very proud of the fact that this thing is flexible. It It is in all of their ads. Um, but it's like they they have a grunge version, they have a pop version, they have a techno version. Um, it is Hyundai. Interesting. Yeah, so that is the Hyundai jingle that they've been using, believe it or not, for I want to say like five years, maybe more. Um, so keep an ear out for it. Uh, see if you start to notice it. It's just I think Hyundai is just one of those brands you don't necessarily like think of first anyway. And, the, and their ads can be a bit, uh, you know, like not distinct. Um, so anyway, that was our last one. Uh, how did you all feel about it? How are you feeling about your knowledge of Sonic brands? It was a great time though. I, I definitely did not do as well as I had hoped. Same. I'll never hear, Brown, I'll never hear think? Netflix or Law and Order the same again. <laughs> the, uh, do, you all, do you all have a favorite Sonic logo that comes to mind? Mine is the, the Mac startup sound, the like <laughs> bong which I think quietly went away. I think Dallas mentions that on our interview that they quietly did. Every morning it. when I turn my Mac on, I hear it. <laughs> yeah. I even had like a little black and white Mac that made that sound. Yeah. I had the original Mac, the very first one when I was a kid and it, it made all sorts of cool noises, mostly terrible. Mostly like, like they only had like two notes it could make. Uh, but then like the load runner sound effects, those were great. Load Runner. Wow. Yeah. The video, the video game? game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Well, we've got to move on to the next thing. Thank you so much to Jess, Brianna, Terry. Thanks so much for joining the opening. And, and we're going to take a break and we'll come back with Dallas Taylor from 20,000 Hertz. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. you. Lots of fun. I'll be back for the next game. Right, we're back, and we have, uh, as I mentioned at the front of the show, very special guest today, Dallas Taylor, host of one of my absolute favorite podcasts. Not just saying that because you're here. It is a wonderful <laughs> show called 20,000 Hertz. Uh, Dallas, welcome to the, the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Uh, well, f- so uh, I, I would probably do a terrible job introducing your podcast because every time I tell people about it, I'm like, it's a podcast about audio. They're like, it's an audio podcast. Like, aren't they all? I was like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. it's about audio. So Dallas, tell us about Frankly. the show, and then we'll talk about your day job, too. Yeah, so I host a show called 20,000 Hertz, which is a reference to the upper limits of human, human hearing. Uh, when we were kids, we could hear uh, to that high uh, up. <clears throat> Nowadays, uh, you know, I could probably hear it about 16,000 Hertz. But uh, yeah, so it's a reference to the, to the limit of human hearing, and it's all about the world's most, uh, most recognizable and interesting sounds. Yeah, I, I really can't. I, if you're listening to this show, I assure you, you would be a big fan. If you have not already checked out 20,000 Hertz, uh, there are several episodes, as we're going to be talking about today, about audio branding, about audio logos. Uh, there are several episodes devoted to specific ones, of which we will be talking about several. But, I mean, they're all great. You, you do such a spectacular job with topic uh, curation and there's not an episode there's been a, like any good podcast there's been somewhere I'm like I don't know if I'm really into that topic and by the end I'm very <laughs> very into that topic that's that's by uh, design hopefully <laughs> so so tell us about your day job because uh, a lot of folks who listen to this probably share uh, some overlapping circles with with your uh, with your work life right yeah so um, a lot of people don't know this at least listeners of 20,000 Hertz but I work at advertising as a um, I lead a sound design company called de facto sound and uh, what we do over there is um, trailers for 
Netflix, uh, lots of those, like if you're hovering over uh, Netflix, you know, just trying to find something to, to watch and you start to hear something blast at you. That's, uh, we do a lot of those. A lot of HBO trailers and recaps. Um, we do a lot of like Nike spots and car commercials and uh, just generally any sort of like really short ads that need to sound super epic. So my day job is uh, is really just listening uh, to the team's work, um, really uh, killer sound design and, and trying to plus it up. And then uh, the other half of my job is uh, writing and um, producing uh, 20,000 hertz. So tell us about, uh, and, and like I said, I do want to focus on audio branding, but also I think the, uh, the origin of your show is so fascinating. The quality of the show, I really cannot say enough about anyone who's tried to put together a podcast or any sort of ongoing show has quickly learned it is a lot of work. Right. Um, and, and tell us about how, how this got, how the podcast got going and then kind of when, how quickly you realized, oh, this, this thing is going to have a life of its own. Yeah, so it started as a passion project. Um, we were doing a lot of work for new directors and um, different, you know, small brands and stuff. And uh, we would we would do these things sometimes, um, kind of low rate and pro bono. And we still occasionally do stuff like that. But um, I really wanted something that that we didn't really have a client for, just for ourselves to be able to kind of put ourselves in the position of being a client, because uh, there's so many high level concepts in, in in advertising that you have to that you're trying to communicate, and so many things to juggle. That a lot of times we don't even get that information when we're sound designing and doing our part of it. And so I, I uh, it was kind of a combination of two things. <clears throat> One. Um, I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder of just how little sound as a whole is really thought about in advertising uh, and trailers. Uh, I guess trailers, uh, when we're talking about movie and games, they're very sonic. But my experience in a lot of advertising is it's almost just like a finishing um, afterthought. And so <clears throat> it was a bit of a, uh, I guess, a little chip on my shoulder of like, I want to I want to get people really psyched about sound. And I don't want to come from the like grumpy audio person aspect of it. I just want to, don't want to <clears throat> do the lecture of, um, you know, you should be listening, you know, thinking about sound more because blah, 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 blah. It's just boring to me. So I wanted to make uh, stories about sound that we all as sound designers know, and we, we talk about, but I wanted to tell these stories to, uh, to normal people, uh, grandmothers, kids, um, anybody, uh, to really get people to start to become more consciously aware of, of sound. And, um, and I figured in, in my industry, if we, if we still have a sound problem, we kind of equate sound equals music and nothing else. Uh, whereas the vast majority of the sonic world is not music. Music is amazing, but there's so much, so much more we can do with it. So I wanted to find a way to just get people to, 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 to think about sound at a much more, um, conscious curated level, like our other senses. And, um, I figured the best way to do that is just tell these really cool poppy stories about sound. And so our first episode was like about the voice of Siri and then the voice, then the um, sound of the NBC chimes, where that came from. Uh, since then, we've done a, a, over 100 episodes about all kinds of uh, very famous sounds. But um, that's how it got kicked off about five years ago. It took us an entire year to make our first two episodes, which were only like 12 minutes long because we didn't know what we were doing, but we knew it had to be amazing sonically. Um, and uh, the first episode we put out and like making anything... I, put it out and it was a couple hundred people probably my friends who listened to it second episode maybe 300 people listened to it the third episode um prior to launching the third episode i happened to bump into roman mars who hosts a giant podcast called 99 invisible which 20,000 hertz is majorly inspired from 
99 PI and Radiolab. And um, we had known each other for years and he had just offered, he was like, Hey, do you mind if I play your last episode on my feed? Uh, and it's just an enormous show. And I was like, of course, that'd be amazing. And he knew that that would be kind of like the trigger that could make this a viable show. And then from there, it was just a hockey stick straight up. Um, and then it became, it was a bit of an overnight, uh, just a giant jump. I think we went from just nothing to, I don't know, 75,000 listeners per episode, just kind of overnight. And then since then, it's just continually grown. <clears throat> I think we're at 125, 150,000 people listening to it. And just, there's not a lot about sound out there. And I'm just really proud that like we can, that that many people uh, care, uh, like normal people care about uh, these, these sound stories enough to stick with the show. Hey, we, we feel you because uh, we run an a, a podcast about advertising and man, who's just dying for more advertising content every week. So <laughs> bless finding your, your crowd. Um, well, so uh, I could talk about just the, the backend logistics of the podcast all day because I think that's really fascinating. It's great to see what a success you've built. But we're here to talk about Sonic Branding, which, as I mentioned, yeah. is uh, a topic you've covered quite a lot. I'm going to hit you with a question that I think about a lot. I was going to say that people ask, no one's ever asked me this. I'm just going to ask you is what's the difference between uh, an, a, a, a Sonic logo, Sonic branding, and a jingle? Yeah. So I think of Sonic logo, Sonic branding, that can still be tonal, um, but it really doesn't have words in it usually. Um, the uh, like The difference between the I'm loving it uh, I don't think that was perfectly in pitch. That's that a that's good. more that is like the most hybrid sounding thing uh, between a logo and a jingle that I could that that is such a gray area and that's why it's also brilliant. Um, whereas I would think like you know um, what's like the farmer's insurance like like that is like a jingle <laughs> you know like that's very clear and then whereas Net Netflix um, like that is very clearly like a sonic mark like a sonic brand. So generally, you know, if we're really getting, trying to put definitions on it, I would say if it's not voice related or it's not overly melodic, as we remember that uh, I'm loving it came from a full song of stuff. So that, that I would kind of veer, veer into jingle category. But if there are no words, then I would consider that much more of a sonic mark or a sonic brand uh, versus something with words or very melodic, uh, which, uh, and, and hopefully with an extended version, uh, that's what I would consider a jingle. Now, one thing that fascinates me about sonic branding, and it's a topic we, you know, we've written a lot, a lot about, but it's, it is a tough one to do justice by in written articles, and and even the video case studies can sometimes be very convoluted because it's like here's a four minute video about sonic branding, which eventually nets out to like a three second chime or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but the what I think is really interesting is how, <laughs> on the one hand, it gives you a structure, but I'm guessing it also creates a limitation for people like you who are going to be working on the audio for these brands moving forward. If, if you're Hyundai and you have a, 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 you know, a melodic sound at the end and you've got a sonic brand that ties you to this specific kind of, whether it's, I don't know, chord progression or whatever, like it seems like that's, a, that presents an enduring challenge for the sound engineers that then work on the, on that brand for the, for the next few years, right? Yeah. Some people have a difficult, like difficulty understanding, uh, with the difference between like sound design, like what sound designers do and where, uh, sonic branding comes into that. 
So the vast majority of we do uh, of what we do is sonic branding. So if we get a car spot, we want to make that car sound absolutely incredible, like its best version of itself. Uh, where we would use that car sound, but we may enhance it, maybe put a little lion growl in there, something just to give it like uh, um, personality. But that's a lot more like wh- uh, what are, what type of feelings are we trying to evoke from this car to the to this certain type of demographic. Whereas sonic branding is just as complicated as making a new visual mark. Like if if someone came to you and said, you know, if Pepsi came and said, we want to do a new new Pepsi visual mark, uh, it's the it's almost the same process in in, in sonic branding because when we dive into something like that, it's a deep strategy. Uh, before I'm even thinking about what to actually start making sonically. I want to know everything about the company that most normal people don't know. Like, where did it start? What's the mission? Uh, what's the heart of the company? What's the culture of the company? What do you What do you hope, like in two words, um, that a uh, consumer thinks about your brand? Um, wh- you know, just in you know deeply. So there's so much of just extraction of like, where have you come from? Where are you now? Where are you going? That all um, go into the best versions of these sonic brands. Uh, so it's kind of that same exploratory process as doing anything uh, visual, especially like, you know, doing a specific mark. Well, so uh, let's talk about a few classic examples. Uh, and again, I will, as as they come up, I will try to drive people to your show to learn a whole lot more than we're going to get into here. I feel like uh, a few years ago, this would have been very different. But now when I discuss this with folks who work in or out of advertising, they all reference the same one first which is Netflix. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So um, we will not go through the entire history because you have a wonderful episode about that. Um, But I do think it's really fascinating that, and this is something that that the show didn't really go into deeply, but it's just, what is the need there? What what is gained by Netflix having that at the beginning of each of these shows? Because it's not part of an ad. It's not, you know, it, it is something that you're already logged into Netflix. You're watching Netflix. What does it do for them as a brand, as a company, that would be lost if you just went right into the movie or into the show? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when we were in movie theaters, and, uh, you know, we all, uh, most of us grew up on film. You know, we get into a uh, theater, you know, we watch some, you know, we sit there, we get our popcorn, we, we watch some uh, trailers. Uh, the lights, you know, all the lights go down, and, and then the, <clears throat> you know, brum-bump, brum-bump, brum-bump. Like that gives us such a visceral feeling of like filmmaking and like the the majesty of that, of what we're about to experience, like the craft behind it, you know, the universal logo. Like it just puts you in a mood ready to see something absolutely epic. And so this is what they were thinking about when they made this sound. But the problem is, is that the, the, the real issue is that you don't have that much time in the streaming world and they recognize that really early. So, so how do we, how do you make something that kind of gets you prepared uh, mentally for this, this piece that, that harkens back to this idea of the big fanfare, but how do we do this in like three seconds and where it's not, you know, so uh, annoying over time. And, um, and, it sounds so clean and simple, but they had gone through uh, probably hundreds of different options to get to where they where they landed. And it was funny because I was talking to the to um, uh, his name's Todd at, at Netflix uh, on on our show. He was the he was the brand lead on this, and he kind of led the whole charge. And uh, really early in the conversation, he said, "You know, all I wanted was something that just sounded like 
Tadam, it's Netflix. And I was like, did you just hear what you did? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you literally just in the in what you said did the Netflix logo. And uh, and it's exactly what it is. It's that that's that Tadam, it's Netflix. And um, they went through all kinds of iterations. Uh, there was even one time that's really a really funny part of the story. Uh, after they figured out all these iterations and they knew that they wanted the um, Leo the Lion from MGM was something that they still thought a lot about because that really takes us back to some of the earliest, maybe the earliest version of kind of like a studio um, title. And uh, and they were thinking about this call and response and, and potentially having some some sort of animal in there that would be kind of a call and response. And no joke, I couldn't play it on the show because they were like, this is just too, we're too big of a company for to just play this. Um, but I will play it for you on, you know, private call. And if you want to talk about it on the show, you can. But you just, I, I'm just not going to give you the audio file. But literally, it sounded exactly like we, what we know and love, but with a goat call at the end. And they seriously considered it. So it literally sounded like, ah. my voice is a little under the weather, but that's, that's exactly what it was. It was just like the funniest thing. But then um, come to find out, Todd's, uh, it was, uh, I think they had three in contention at the end, like ready to put together. And uh, it was uh, Todd's, I think, 10-year-old daughter walked by and he was like, hey, what do you think about these? We're thinking about a Sonic logo and, you know, played the three and he was like, and she was like, dad, it is so obvious, that one. And that's what they went with. I remember when I, when I listened to that episode, I was like, I, w- I wish I could cast a spell that would keep every client from ever hearing this part of the story. So they, it's like my daughter listened to this and she says this one's uh, not any good. So, but no, in that case, it obviously helped them find a winner. What was so funny about that behind the scenes, something that, you know, never came out, but I remember the PR person who was just so wonderful to work with. Uh, it took a long time to make the episode to get access uh, because, you know, when you're working with that large of a company, they had never told that story before. Um, I remember her saying, like, you don't understand, like, if you play this file, every single trade is going to latch on to dear, they're not gonna talk about anything else but the goat sound. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. But it's still funny. Like, it'll still be a funny thing. She's like, Okay, you could talk about it. But I'm just telling you, everyone is going to latch onto the goat sound. And I was like, Okay, and we launched and it was like, Hollywood Reporter, uh, Deadline, like every single major publication was like Netflix sound, almost a goat. And they even had like illustrations of like a goat with a Netflix logo on it. So I was like, wow, I, I did not realize like the magnitude of that, of telling that one uh, angle of the story. Oh. Well, let, we have to talk about the other one. When I mention this, uh, people always think of Netflix. And then uh, number two or three maybe depend if you're of a certain age or, I don't know, modern too. Old Spice, of course, is is again walking that line between a, a jingle and a uh, and a, a sonic sound. And they uh, Wyden Kennedy, the agency that does Old Spice now, that revived the brand circa 2009, 2010, they very uh, wisely, to your point of this, brought back that that sound uh, from my childhood in in a really fun new way as more of an audio logo. But the other one that everyone mentions is, of course, the I'm Loving It, uh, which, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. kind of walks this line. I remember when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. I, I did not expect it to be a game changer for McDonald's advertising, mm-hmm. which we should clarify that McDonald's advertising, of course, has been all over the map like famously all over the map for decades. It's been good. It's been terrible, but it's been inconsistent. And I feel like there was never anything, not even Ronald McDonald, there was never anything except the Golden Arches that tied it all together. And it feels like this ended up being the the red thread to use a you know popular parlance now, right. but it's the thing that ties all their marketing together across the globe. 
what's so brilliant about it is even somebody who works in sound and thinks about this stuff. I remember the whole reason this came up is, is I was like, oh yeah, that that I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Jingle. I want a show called I'm loving it. That just sounds like a cool show title. And I didn't think anything beyond that. I was like, oh, there must be some interesting thing behind it. I, I seem to remember that this seems to be kind of a big thing in all their commercials now. Um, but I didn't realize just how far back it went. And when I think about it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, this was back in like, you know, 15 years ago. They were still using this thing. I think this was 20 years ago when they started this. And they started it as a um, like a Trojan horse marketing campaign where Justin Timberlake uh, made a whole song called I'm Loving It with no McDonald's reference to it. And back then it just like accidentally leaked online because being online was like such a, such a novelty and so many things were leaking on Napster and, and all these things. So it was this, uh, it, it was this very like, oops, we leaked this Jeff, Justin Timberlake song. And uh, no mention of McDonald's. What's funny is if you listen to the song now, uh, it's so, it has the ba da ba 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 No mention, it's really kind of like, awkwardly like sexual in its own way. It's just like weird to hear now uh, because he's talking about shaking booties and all this stuff. And it's like, what is going on? And then like later it turned into like a, the Justin Timberlake live uh, sponsored by McDonald's uh, tour and stuff. It was so weird. And then over time, um, uh, what was so fascinating about that is um, there's, there's other people who said that they claimed to write it. And it all came from this one agency, music agency, Mona Davis in uh, Germany. And uh, it was so strategic, those, 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 um, that little jingle, because they had to solve a problem. At that moment, the problem that, that McDonald's was trying to solve with this jingle was unifying the entire world's marketing under one idea. So as you can imagine, kind of uh, early 2000s, these, um, every country, you know, France had their own version of, of how they marketed McDonald's. The U.S. had their own version and Australia had their own version. But that was that was shortly after the time where, where uh, McDonald's was becoming very global. And so their idea was we need something that unifies uh, the world sonically just like the Golden Arches. And so that was the problem that they were trying to solve. And uh, what's brilliant about those those five notes is that um, it works in so many styles, country or, or hip hop or um, you know, um, Latin music, uh, you can kind of f float those into anything. And, uh, and it, and it's really brilliant that something that's, you know, tw it's lasted 20 years, um, uh, kind of looking over that, that campaign, I thought so little of that. I was like, oh, there's gonna be a little quirky story. I did not realize it was going to be one of the most in-depth marketing, uh, strategy stories. We've maybe the most in-depth strategy stories, uh, we've ever told. Yeah. With like legal battles enduring behind the scenes and, uh, <laughs> legal ba battles and, uh, people claiming to write it and, uh, going to court and all that stuff. But, but uh, I believe that, um, who, one of the high ups at, Mar uh, some, it, it was in the show, but the, one of the high ups in, uh, McDonald's calls those five notes a multi-billion dollar asset now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, it's, to your point, it's one of those things where you don't think about it because now it feels like it was always there. And you almost don't right. even notice it there sometimes, which to me is the really fascinating thing for those of us who aren't specifically in audio and work in sound design. There's a lot that we just don't notice, right? You always hear about like acoustics mm -hmm. are like the art of the subtle and and the goal is to not really necessarily get you thinking about these things. And that's where it feels like Sonic logos are headed now. I think there's quite a few where their companies are spending a lot of money on them. Uh, but as we saw in the first section of the show where we were asking some of our team to name some, there are the really famous ones. And then there are the ones that 
I don't know if they'll ever get famous. Uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, but they're be at least being consistent. We're seeing this a lot in the financial space. Uh, MasterCard certainly made a lot of noise mm-hmm. about their audio branding, about their sound, and because it feels like this is a very real world driven thing, right? You're you're putting your card in things. You're going. You're paying through all these different devices. Do you feel like audio branding is something that can, you know, beyond advertising in all these ways that we interact with stuff that it can kind of tie a brand together and make you think about it even if you can't physically see its message? Yeah, uh, I do. Um, but I am a little concerned of the direction some sonic branding is going because to me, uh, it seems like the trend now is almost like a Black Mirror episode of UI sounds where we're all, where there's a lot of sounds that just like sound like the future. And I think there's more to sonic branding than than kind of making it sound like Netflix or like a synthesizer going, ba-ding! Um, so there's a lot of nuance to this. And I think that... Um, uh, there's so many different sonic textures that could be used and stuff, but I do, uh, I always just advise people to go into sonic branding, um, seriously, but then also really just evaluating it from both sides. Uh, what's happening around it? You know, what's the, what, what's, you know, happening in the moment of this? I think the MasterCard thing was really fascinating, but I, uh, I just never heard it anywhere before. So I'm not sure. I think you had to have a Master, MasterCard terminal, um, you know, all the terminals that I use are just that standard one that used to sound like, eh, 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 which gl- luckily that's not a thing anymore because, you know, appro- you know, your card is approved eh, 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 is not what you want to hear. Uh, because every single time I ever heard it was like, oh my goodness, I, I, I swear I have the money in the bank. Uh, and then it's like, oh, that's approved. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. The, the, that dissonance, I remember, I was glad you, you talked about this on your show. Rona Ren- Mars, uh, talked about this years ago of like how how jarring it is when the something makes the wrong noise <laughs> it's right. like we don't to the point of this conversation you often don't notice it when it's there but you sure notice it when it's wrong and you're just like that's that's yeah. not what i'm supposed to be doing <laughs> exactly and even for i mean one one uh, uh it becomes very invisible over time i mean one one sound that uh that went extinct very quietly uh was the sound of the um the uh the like um, the mac turning on uh, the it's like a I forgot what it, what it was called, but it's actually like a Beatles reference because at the end of a Beatles track there was this chord, this cluster chord uh, that um, that uh, one of the engineers at Apple uh, kind of decided to implement into Max. But then eventually it went away. Uh, they they turned that turned it off just overnight, and no one even realized when we we did a show on this. Um, so many people were shocked because they didn't even realize, and that's that's something sounds can just go extinct. Very famous sounds can go extinct, um, and no one even notices. And that's what, you know, part of the reason that we want to do this show is just to preserve these moments in time, because none of these sounds will last forever, but we could at least go back and, you know, reminisce and nostalgia. It's always a testament to me of of advertising, of branding, of marketing, when someone will, you'll mention a tagline that hasn't been used in 15 years, and people will still associate it with the brand, and they'll say, no, I saw it the other day. And you don't want to get yeah. in this. No, well, and you know, you haven't the brand actually, but it's just fascinating that it embeds in their brains. I, I guess this is a question I don't really think you can, any of us can answer. But there's so many sonic logos, sounds that we associate with brands dating back to the probably the '70s, definitely the '80s when I was growing up. You think Duracell, right? You think um, mm-hmm. we mentioned Old Spice. There's, um, you know, there's several that were just they were part of the ad at the end of every ad you heard this sound uh intel of course like famously uh, i think the mm-hmm. example everybody thinks about the intel inside so- sound 
why didn't it catch on sooner? Like, why does it feel like we're just now having these conversations so often about sonic branding when it's something that's it's been around for decades? I think um, the access to do this, uh, to do sonic branding, has really expanded over the past uh, few decades um, in, in audio or just filmmaking in general. Um, we all know the change from uh, you did the work because you had the gear type of type of world. And there was a change at some point uh, in the 2000s where uh, we had DSLRs come out. We had people now who, and this is also when YouTube was starting to, uh, as YouTube was starting to build, the access to create things visually or sonically has has just enormously exploded over the past 15 years. Like um, there is for what I do and sound design and all this stuff, like there's no need to, for some big giant recording studio with a hundred faders like that, that would be, uh, the, the, the wrong direction to go with stuff, but the, everything is so, um, uh, plug-in based and app based and, and, um, I just think the access is so much easier now than what it used to be. And back in, you know, the sixties or something, um, it, it was something like it was a big deal to record a lion for a, for a thing like no, just random sound people couldn't do that. I mean, I guess they could, but like it wasn't just like you plug up a computer and do this thing. So everything was just so much harder back then. And uh, just talking about sound design in general, and this is why like uh, so many sound designers and so many people still look to Star Wars as just being such a change uh, uh, that ushered in so much music and so much style of sound. Uh, that came after it in the big blockbuster age. And that's because uh, back then it was hard, like to make those sounds and lightsabers and TIE fighters and all this stuff. Like it was not, uh, I mean, nowadays you could, it's, you know, very straight, straightforward. Like I could, I could make those sounds right now because I know how and all the tools and all that stuff. But back then it was not, it was not easy at all. So I think that just the, the level of access um, is just becoming uh, wider and wider in the talent pool uh, worldwide. Uh, because it's just not something like sonic branding isn't something that just like any sound person or really any just marketer uh, is going to uh, just inherently get. Um, it, it's a complicated, nuanced uh, discovery session. It's it's a strategic, um, it's a very strategic type of uh, thing that, that influences the, the sound at the end, which the sound at the end might not on first listen sound all that impressive. Uh, but to the people who know the history and where it's come from, everything usually in a Sonic brand means something very deeply. I think if I, I'm going to make one more recommendation, I mean, listen to every episode of 20,000 Hertz, but the, uh, the episode, was it the McElroy brothers that you had on to do like a quiz? Oh yeah. We did a, a show called, uh, uh, McElroy, uh, mysteries and me. So we have this thing in the middle of our show called a mystery sound where we give away t-shirts, uh, and uh, to, to uh, like, we put all the people who get a correct answer and we give them a T-shirt, uh, give one of the people a T-shirt. And, uh, and yeah, that was one where we were just playing all these mystery sounds that we take out of context because it's so funny how you can hear a sound all the time in a, con- in a visual context and have no idea what that, that context is when you just hear it by itself. And so, yeah, we did a quiz show uh, to where we just played all of them back to back for the for the McElroy brothers. I think honestly, now that I think about it, Nick's Nick, our producer who's here is probably laughing because I think that was the episode that made me message Nick and be like, okay, we need to uh, get Dallas on our show. We need to quiz our own team (laughs) about which logos they can recognize. Um, But I recommend that episode because to me, it ended up, whether you're a fan of the McElroy brothers or not, I think the, uh, although they are very funny on that episode, it's, it's just the having all those mystery sounds in one place and the, um, 
the the just different it made me really think about all the places sound comes into our life and of course there's like retro video game sounds there's the sound of a certain retro video game cartridge being placed into a into a console <laughs> i think that was the very first mystery sound was me putting a a nintendo cartridge into a nintendo entertainment system and you know it's it's those things that one thing I've just really loved about the show is that like all good podcasts, like like just all good things, maybe it makes you just more aware of the world around you. I, I think, you know, we started the show, honestly, to get people thinking about aspects of advertising and what is an ad that, that maybe you don't really think of as an ad. Uh, and so it's that episode's a great little entry point uh, to just learn about all the different kinds of sounds that come up, whether it's uh, in marketing or not. So with that, uh, I will again plug uh, all the episodes of 20,000 Nerds. And Dallas Taylor, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about Sonic Branding. Thank you. And uh, look it up. Uh, as I've, I've mentioned several times, definitely check out 20,000 Hertz uh, and find it on your favorite podcast platform. And it's all spelled out without any numbers. That's the confusing part. That's our that's our difficulty is is realizing you have to spell T-W-E-N, et cetera. But usually we come up pretty quickly. It's a nice, beautiful, swirly purple icon that also means something very deeply uh, to us. Ooh, can you tell us what it is or is that like a secret? <laughs> it's basically... Uh, a lot of people look at it and they're like, is that like a vortex or something? Uh, but there's a lot of strategy to this. So uh, it's it's ripples, <clears throat> flat planed, like ripples, because sound moves through the air in, in ripples. We think of it as like a, an up wave and a down wave and stuff, but that's not really how sound moves. It moves at you and as a pressure and then and then a, a vacuum, but very, very quickly. So I wanted something that, that like gave that type of feel. And then I also wanted something that was uh, very friendly and inviting because uh, the... Um, I don't know the uh, the audio world has been a little grumpy for for a while, and I want the audio world to be very like inclusive and open and friendly, and uh, so went with with very vibrant purples and pinks and uh, easy clean uh, stuff, not not like black and dark and like the secret club type of thing. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit of the story behind the logo. So now you have to go look up the logo. While we're talking branding, <laughs> how, why did you spell out the name instead of twenty thousand as a number? I thought it looked cool, um, and I really, uh, yeah, because there's a bunch of different ways I can do that. I can do that two zero comma zero 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 HZ. I just thought that looked clunky, and I thought that was spelling out twenty thousand hertz gave it a sense of like heft mm. and importance. And for me, um, side story, a uh, little bit of a peek behind the curtain is that there's a huge mission behind this show, and um, I'll give you a little story. Cut it if it's too long, but basically. Um, we have five core human senses. Um, we have a lot of other senses beyond our five core senses, but these are the ones that we think about the most. And so we are very visual creatures, humans. We can all agree that like we are visual, like our sense of sight is important to us. All of us curate uh, our sense of sight, we, the paint colors, the art, uh, the way our homes look the way our car looks, uh, everything. Like visually, we all are very just inherently in tune with curating our visual world, uh, with our the sense of taste. Uh, we curate um, inherently our sense of taste. There is no aspect of our culture that 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 discourages you from curating and and experiencing taste in, in a really fulfilling way. Uh, touch, we we the thing the the soft clothes on our back, the um, you know the, the the couch that we sit on. I mean, we curate our sense of touch, smell. Um, you know, a, uh, things like uh, H uh, uh, or sorry, the things like um, 
uh, sewage treatment and uh, candles and deodorants and all of these things to control this level of smell. But with hearing, we we tend to go music and done. Um, now, music is amazing, and we all curate music, and music is very important, but the vast majority of the sonic world is not music. And our brains, our ancient brains, are very in tune with nature and kind of this whole, like, sonic world. And so what I want to do is almost, like, be an Anthony Bourdain of, like, hearing. Like, really, like, open up this idea of just how cool that is. And it's not this gatekeepy like you know, that's just for audiophiles, which I don't love that term because it, it makes it seems like it's a gatekeepy thing, which we would never think, you know, with taste, like you have to be, I mean, I'm sure, sure. If you're a chef, there are people who experience that in a different way, but like with sound, I just want to break down all of these barriers to culture. And if you have a squeaky door or whatever, like you put some WD-40 on it, like if anybody just spends a few minutes just kind of trying and thinking about their sonic world or just opening up their ears and going, oh, I wonder what that bird song means. And, oh, I hear that other one over there. Like, that's the that's the thing that I think just makes us more deeply human and uh, and can, can experience our humanity more deeply, at least in that one little sense. So I just want to blow the doors off of that... Um, of that gatekeepiness with sound. Yeah, I love that. That's a, such a great philosophy and such a great underpinning for the show. And it definitely comes across because, uh, like I said, I've, I've learned so much. I am so much more aware, I think, uh, the one I think about a lot, again, here I am plugging another episode, the Jurassic Park Sounds episode. My kids uh, really loved hearing that because they've always wondered, you know, what all animals go into making these fictional dinosaur noises. And, of course, it is amalgam of several real-life things and, and not-so-organic things. Uh, but now they ask all the time. Like, they want me to Google, like, what made this sound, what's in this this creature. And I love that, right? That curiosity, once you spark it, it never goes away. They, they have that for life. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's so pop and clean. And then the similar one, I don't know if you heard this one, but it was about the Game of Thrones uh, dragons and stuff. And I uh, had no idea walking into that that the the sound designer on that show had lost her mother. Uh, she's going through a lot of pain, lost some animals during that time. She memorialized a lot of her um, uh, animals in the show. Uh, a lot of her inspiration came from her own pain in that. And it just unlocked this entire world of like what these sounds mean and why they were so emotional. And so sometimes the, the, the stories behind these things, even as somebody who does this for a living, like these stories can come from any direction. I have no idea most of the time what motivation was for, for a direction. And I just love kind of just like uh, demystifying and, and figuring, it all that, figuring all that stuff out. Great. Well, Dallas Taylor, thank you again so much for being on the show. Thank you. All right. Our theme music is by Home. Uh, this week's episode was produced by Nick Gardner and edited by Lane McGibney. If you've not already, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. You can reach us anytime at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. For Adweek, I'm David Greiner, and we will be back next week. <laughs>